everyone. Welcome to the Freedom Podcast. Beverly and I are excited to be here with you today. We're going to be talking about leadership. It's going to be a great day. And we're talking about your new leadership book. Got a couple of them out now. We've got our Art of Leadership yes. and we've got Theology of Leadership. There's a link that you can go to find out any information we have or resources uh, for leadership at lifeoffreedom.site. That's lifeoffreedom.site. And uh, you can, there's all kind of resources there. We really believe the Lord's raising up strong leadership. And so we want to sow into that today. Uh, we want to celebrate. We uh, recently just returned from District 5 in our All in Alabama campaign in Montgomery, Alabama. It was really an incredible experience. We had so many people turn mm-hmm. out for this. And uh, of course, Pastor Kyle was so precious to let us Kyle Searcy there in Montgomery. It was beautiful. Fresh Worship. That's right. Worship, worship Center. Yeah, it's a beautiful. It's in the round, which I really love that building. And I love the way he has his camera set up. You can see everything. I think it really was a very significant event. And the worship really went well. I was M- proud. Montgomery, of course, the capital of Alabama and part of our District 5 gathering. If you'd like to know more information about All In Alabama, you can go to allinalabama.org. We're traveling once again the, the entire state in districts. We'll be coming into District 6 coming up over in Sumter County, which is next door to Mississippi. And if you'd like to track with us here in Alabama, we would love for you to do that. Love for you to come out and be a part of one of these uh, events. And uh, nothing personal. I think maybe my weekend just caught up with me. <laughs> Were you yawning at me, Beverly? I, well, I was yawning and I tried to do it discreetly, but of course she busted me out for it. I mean, <laughs> probably nobody would have noticed. I thought I was very, you know, discreet. Sorry, I did yawn, but it has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> or you. Thank you. <laughs> And the podcast thanks you. Or the, the topic. <laughs> All in Alabama thanks you as well. I'm sure. I, I feel I feel very appreciated. Allinalabama.org. Also, whenever you're listening to this, if it's before March 4th, we'll be in Muscle Shoals um, at a beautiful church there that's joining forces with us in All in Alabama. Pastor Brian, I get all that information up for you here in just a second. Technology's moving here, Beverly. That's uh, uh, Brian Hunt and uh, Pastor Brian Hunt in Muscle Shoals. Uh, that's the home of music here in Alabama. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I don't think I've ever spent any time in that part of Alabama. So we've learned a lot. We had a, a very lively conversation after church Sunday. Um, with our new friends, Jason and Lisa, who have such a heart for the youth. And he said that moving here, he has come to find out traveling across the state that every county has its own flavor Mm -hmm. and really completely different environment, completely different music, food. So we have a very diversified state. I'm quite proud of it. We're so grateful for uh, all the folks that are partnering with us in the All in Alabama movement. So please check us out allinalabama.org. Just before we check, uh, jump into some leadership thoughts today, uh, we also always love to hear some of Beverly's poetry, and you've got a poem for us today. I'm I sure. do. I, I was torn, but this one, I, because we're talking about leadership, I thought this one was fitting. It's called No Compromise. Guiding, shining light, shadow chasing, give me sight. No doubt, questions or fear. Quickly moving, will not stay here. Process is progressive. Don't stand still. Keep learning life's lessons. Try to keep up. Don't slow down. Confusing sometimes. Hate and love. Can't turn back. Won't give up. Narrow this way. There are no absolutes. Liquid like water. The only truth. 
always lows and highs, hold to no compromise. Wow, another good one. You think so? You yeah. seem to really enjoy these. I'm just hoping we're going to have these for sale soon because so many people ask about them. It's actually a trilogy. I think there are 210 poems. Uh, so anyway, it's quite quite fun. I enjoy it. I really do. I'm kind of hoping to get back to writing again. We had a conversation about that yesterday. I haven't really, uh, other than editing and uh some articles that I do. I haven't really, I haven't written a new book lately, so I probably need to get busy other than what we're doing together, but... Uh, we're awaiting you, Beverly. You're awaiting. <laughs> we are awaiting you. I, I don't believe that for a second. Kent doesn't wait for anything. As a matter of fact, he still can move so fast as if he has been transported, which I think I may have told y'all Kent's dream about the Jetsons, so I think he's absolutely <laughs> embraced being transported. You can really move. Well, speaking of moving, we're hoping we hopefully we can help you move today in leadership. Jesus said something very powerful in Matthew. He said the harvest is absolutely white, ready for harvest, but the laborers are few. And we believe that God is calling for leaders in the body of Christ, those that will step up and begin to lead in the movement of transformation and the power of transformation. Uh, we really believe in the concept of ecclesia, which is all of us, we're all in ministry, we're all called to lead, we're all called to minister, we're yes. all called uh, by God, we're all commissioned by the Great Commission, not just pastors or evangelists or uh, apostles or prophets or teachers, but all of us mm -hmm. are called. The job of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, and we want those leaders as well, of course, but our jobs are just to equip all of us believers for the work of ministry. That's right. I love what Catherine Kuhlman said, which is so powerful to me that obviously if you don't know the history of Catherine Kuhlman, what a powerful woman of God. She led great healing crusades. She affected Pastor Benny's uh, life drastically. That's how he was introduced to the Holy Spirit. But she was used mightily back in the charismatic movement uh, to uh, in massive healing crusades, but also demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit. And while questioned one day, they said, Catherine, what are you? Are you an evangelist or a pastor? And she said, I'm a believer. <laughs> and she said this so powerfully. She said, I never believed I've ever held an office of a prophet or an apostle or a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist, even though I've taught people, even though I've evangelized, etc." She said, I did everything I did for God under what I call a believer's anointing. Well, the Bible describes that in, I think it's Psalm 133, as the strongest anointing that there is, well, then the it, believer's anointing. Well, then in Acts 16, it says, those that believe That's shall right. lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, speak in tongues, and do all these great exploits for the kingdom of God. And so we are, we are really passion right passionate right now about raising up people to lead in the body of Christ. We believe it's time to have houses of light, commit our homes to the Lord, let our homes become ministry centers, begin to minister on the job at work, allow the Holy Spirit to flow in and out of our lives. And we believe a key that will release you and release all of us into this is to be a servant. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be super educated. You don't even have to be super trained. You just have to do one thing and do it well. And you know what that is? Serve. Right. I love what Martin Luther King said. He said, anybody can be great because by definition to be great is to serve yes, according to is. the teachings of Jesus. And so we really believe that the Lord has been speaking to us uh, 
remember, Beth, I just thought about this as we're talking. Uh, it was, it'll be uh, worth revisiting. When Chuck Pierce was here last Tabernacle, he said it will be important this year to to look at how you serve. I got to go back and listen to that. But in the midst of this all in Alabama release, when he preached at church on Sunday morning, releasing us into this this new fifty seven eighty three, he said it'll be important this year who and how you serve. Wow, he did say mm-hmm. that. We got to re listen to that because there's something prophetic. I just felt it while we were talking, and that obviously Holy Spirit brought that back to my memory. We'll get a clip of that for you, and we'll put it on social media. Uh, here next next few days, so be watching for that. And it's very important who and how we serve. Well, and and serving, it's like giving, in my opinion, because you know when you you give out of your your sustenance and and what you've earned. I mean, it's by faith that we give. I mean, tithe, offering, terumify. We've learned so much about that from the Hebraic perspective. But I feel that serving, you you have to serve with joy and mm-hmm. a, a cheerful heart. Wow. And it can't be done grudgingly, and it it can't be uh, an act where you are obligated. Uh, servanthood is not an obligation. I mean, Jesus took off uh, his robe and wrapped a towel around his waist and w- washed the feet of the disciples. And they didn't know what, what to, to do. do with that, did they, they did not know what to do. But you have to think about who Jesus chose as disciples, because I think this is the point that Kent's making as as we are all coming into our own faith journey as believers that Jesus was born, he died, he was resurrected. And I love the ascension part. That's another whole teaching right there. But when when he was in the earth, he came to serve the mankind. The scripture says exactly Jesus did not come to be served but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Well, so you notice he didn't go to uh, the the temple. He didn't go to uh, any of the rabbis. He didn't recruit any of the teachers. He recruited everyday, normal, walking around people, starting with fishermen. Right. And so, uh, and then he, he went to the, the tax collectors, and then he started going more and deeper into society, saying, all you have to do is is believe in this message. All you have to do is believe. And I love in this whole time, all he's doing is demonstrating the love of God. If, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What you see me do is what the Father has asked of mm-hmm. me. I do nothing outside of what the Father has asked of me to do. And it was really the simplest message. And these men caught it. They believed. And they began to demonstrate the same acts that Jesus was doing in the earth. They began to do the same exact thing that Jesus was doing, and that's what he's asked of us. They began to serve one another. Philippians says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was equal with God, God and did consider it robbery to be equal with God, humbled himself and became a servant, even to the point of death, and humbled himself and became a slave. That's right. And it's a very, let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. I really do believe that there's a major shift coming to Christianity, and it's not about uh, necessarily what we believe, but how we believe. 
and how we manifest and demonstrate that in serving others and serving one another. Well, this is exactly the scripture. And as I have gone through this, uh, through this beautifully written and rendered book, um, Jesus didn't have anything to prove. He knew who he was. As identity. He, He knew that he had come from God and he knew exactly where he was going. John 13, 3 tells us, Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power. That's the whole point that believers miss. Just as God had put all things in Jesus's power, once Holy Spirit had come, we now have that same exact power. And it goes on to say, yet he got up and served. He was so secure in who he was. He knew he had come from God and he knew he was going I back to God. I love that scripture. Furthermore, he knew that everything he had was given to him by God. See, I think this is really where people overthink this, is that we know that that Jesus had power. We know that God had given him the power to do all these things. But if we overthink it and we think that somehow now that responsibility is ours and that we are somehow going to manifest that, then that seems to negate people from even stepping out and wanting to do something to serve God, much less others. They're like, well, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if I'm rejected? What what if I do pray for someone? What Praise if I, on all those insecurities. That's exactly right. So you have to know that it's a gift from God and it comes from God. It's within you, but it's a gift from him. Knowing he had come from God and was going back to God. So Jesus was very secure in his past, present and future, humbled himself, took aside his robe, laid aside his robe, took up a towel and served and washed the disciples feet and commanded us do that one for another. Beverly and I have been talking recently. There's a movement in the body of Christ uh, on the Celtic uh, form of evangelism, and we don't have today time today to go into all this, but it is on the lines of serving, and that is the Celtic mindset by Saint Patrick. Yes, uh, this was back in the days when the, when, when there was time for that big divide. <laughs> there was a big divide between you know Catholicism and the Protestants, and in, in the Catholic concept, you had to believe right. You had to believe right, believe things, go through the rituals and the rites of passage. Uh, the catechisms, basically, right. to be Catholic. But St. Patrick came on the scene and turned that upside down and basically talked about the concept of people need to belong first. Right. Then they will believe, and then they will behave. <laughs> and, and, so what hap- and so what happened, literally, the church, in the early church, if you can just wrap your mind around this, uh, back in St. Patrick's Day, they were communities where... They welcomed you to belong before you believed. That's right. And so you could join their community without without joining their faith or without joining or without being a Christian. Uh, you could just join them. And then part of the community were, was, you know, you helped build the fires. You helped do the gardening. You helped. You, you served. You became part you of the community. You served in the community. In doing that. And, and, and really find, how you build relationships, and, too. Exactly. And finding this belongedness, then the belief began to come. And then after the belief began to be trans- transformational, then behavior began to yes. change. And so literally, these places were legally uh, safe places for criminals because even a criminal could come into one of these Christian communities and belong to it and be a safe haven 
even from the law at that time that was after these criminals. And they have many testimonies that these criminals' lives were basically radically transformed by being served and serving uh, in community. Uh, Beverly and I, most of you know, we have a strong recovery movement here in Word Alive, Mm -hmm. and we found one of the most powerful two things really happened powerfully. If we faithfully serve them— Right. These beautiful men and women that God has sent us in the midst of their addiction. And then they, in turn, begin to serve one another and serve others. Just in that serving process, there is a massive transformational uh, experience. Well, and just the experience for especially uh, for the families uh, while they're here, they're serving their own families in a way that that has never happened. That's being our experience. But I think that we're seeing that across the board as people are coming into believing and understanding faith in faith-based recovery programs. And so we really are seeing that happening right now. This is happening in real time. So many families are attending Word Alive now, and they are so blessed by it. They enjoy it. And one of the ways that we have really um, opened our heart, opened our doors, uh, we have our family day and serve their families and just make sure that they have a beautiful experience while they're here, great food to eat, things for the kids to do, things for the parents to do. And it has been a wonderful way for everyone to get involved. And I think more and more of the families are starting to serve and be a part of what we're doing here. There's something so powerful in the concept. I, when I, I'm thinking about when you go back through scripture and look at this, every time God chose somebody, it seemed to do something of great significance, David, for example, uh, Elisha, these two, two, two great, two great men in the Bible. When God, when the when the prophet found them, they were serving. Yes. And so, Psalm ninety two, David wrote, uh, "You have found your holy servant, and you have anointed him with fresh oil." And so, David was serving, tending the sheep when the prophet came. Elisha was plowing when Elijah found him. There's something about serving that opens the door to destiny and purpose. And so there's a power in serving others. I believe it is probably the simplistic, most significant part of being in the kingdom of God is learning to lead by serving. Now, I have a story, and I'm not a great storyteller like Ken is, and um, I'm sure in these leadership books he's somewhere inserted this little story. But remember I spoke to you just a few minutes ago about serving with a joyful heart just like you give? Well, I have to tell you. It's not always joyful in the beginning, and Kent really wasn't a great servant in the Whoa, very beginning. Prevail, what's up with this? We did serve. So one of Kent's first jobs in Wait a minute now. This was washing dishes. And so Kent and I volunteered. Let me let me tell let me let me, let me just set let me no, set you hold on. No, no wait a no, minute, wait, 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 wait. Story, so I know, but just let me set up let me just set up to this point. So wait, this is because this is a key thing. So so we we knew we were, I knew I was called. You did. Okay, hold on. Hold on. And one of the pastors at the church invited me to a meeting. All right. Invited us to a meeting. Beverly and I to a meeting. And gave us quite an extensive questionnaire. Yes, but I thought that I was being invited (laughs) to be in the ministry. Right? And so he said, I need you to come on. Uh, I think Tuesday, Tuesday they had them, and, they had and them once because a month on we're going to be ministering, he used this word, we're going to be ministering to pastors. And I thought it was a pastor's luncheon that Pastor Benny hosted for local pastors and for international pastors who happened to be in our city at the time. So it was a monthly event, very well known throughout the so city. So here's how prideful or naive or both I was is I'm thinking, 
Lord, that's a big step for me to start ministering to ministers, right? Uh, like, so I'm going to be uh, speaking to ministers or, you know, sharing with ministers. And he goes, well, make sure and wear jeans. Like, you know. So kids first And I'm like, I'm like why would like, you wear jeans to a pastor's meeting? Because right? back then everybody sure dressed up. Make sure wear comfortable shoes. This, this was yeah. the thing. Well, lo and behold, we got there. You know, I was ministering. <laughs> Was. But it was so, in the kitchen. So uh, our job, of course, was to to serve. At that we were brand new. We had only just begun to believe. We had, were just getting our foundation of our faith journey, uh, you know, really under our feet and what that looked like. And uh, it it was a whole new language for us. And so we were learning to speak this language. And I can clearly see where the confusion came in for Kent that day. But I understood completely what they were asking because I had grown up in the service industry. I had always worked in restaurants and I clearly got what this man was saying. So Kent, and I'm not saying he was debating or argumentative about it, but he was pretty clear in his mind that when he showed up on that Tuesday that he was going to be ministering to ministers. <laughs> so I wore sneakers and I, I wore a comfortable dress because I knew we were going to be servants. So this is how it went down at our very first one. And he did continue to do it. I did. I was pregnant at the time, so I didn't continue. I wasn't there every month as Kent was for the rest of that year. So we get there and we do. We haul all of the dishes out. We clear everything off and Kent's in there. And he did not have a joyful heart. He was not the least bit happy. And what he was doing, his, my his job, job was not to get I, to say I was dishwashing, elevating job, me. My job, my job was to clear the table, make sure that the table was bust, get the dishes in there. Kent's job was to clear the food, to clean the, the like with a plastic food, glove on, like rake all the to all, rake all the, the whole food, food off, off of the plate. It's a nasty and job. Then there was another lady who was the actual dishwasher, yes. and so midway through, I think Kent just really was over it and so i think he stopped clearing the dishes off and this little lady turned right around and snapped on his head and she said young man you are not getting the food off of those dishes and you're making my dishwater dirty oh my gosh Kent had a full-blown little I was like, tell that lady to stick this plate <laughs> he, up there, Gazook. He did. <laughs> he took his apron off and walked right out. So I finished clearing the dishes off. But he did come back the next month and the months after with a much better attitude because he realized what was expected of him, which I think is a clear case of leadership breakdown. If the man who had invited us uh-huh. had just been clear about what the mission was, I think we could have gotten rid of some of the confusion but Kent really believed he was showing up that Tuesday to minister to ministers. And minister, you did, my love. You did great. Well, it's how we got started, and it's what we still, it's in our hearts to do today is just to serve. Oh, and serve, the dishes we have washed and cleaned off. Serve God's then. people. Psalm oh 100 says, serve the Lord with gladness. With gladness. And That's right. I, you know, it's interesting, uh, Matthew, I think it's Matthew 28, where Jesus is talking about the Great Commission, and he talks about serving others and he said something on the lines you know who's greatest among you right and everybody started debating about about that but then he concluded with he who's greatest among you will be servant of all That's right. I'm, i had an experience with the lord uh one time because you know the bible actually says there will be a great supper of the lamb great uh, lamb supper supper of the lamb when in in the transition between the new heaven and new earth and the bible and revelations talks about this about the about the Supper of the Lamb. Uh, and it actually says that Jesus himself will serve us a meal. 
if you can wrap your mind around that, like the King of Glory yeah, will I actually can't. serve us a meal. And I was thinking about that and praying about that. Lord, I said, Lord, you're the King of Glory. Why would you? Why would you serve us? Like, it's like we would be serving you. And just like this, I, I, I heard you can't be Lord of all and not be servant of all. Right. And wow. Jesus demonstrates that servanthood when you read when you read about Christ and you see how Christ came to serve and not be served, it will literally transform us. That's the Philippians. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And it is interesting that it talks about when we get to stand before the Lord, He'll say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." Not good done, good well done, my good and faithful preacher or pastor or businessman or businesswoman or house housewife or uh, home builder, but my good and faithful servants. And I think whatever we do unto others, it's as if we're doing it unto the That's Lord Himself. Exactly right. I believe that. How we serve our children, yep. how we serve our spouses, how we serve our church, how we serve our uh, fellow employees, employers, uh, how we served. Uh, is a model of us modeling the life of Christ. And so when we talk about leadership, sometimes, you know, it it's, it sounds like this you know, big thing, like to be a leader, but actually to be a leader is simply to serve. And in serving, others will follow you. Yes, and that's how you and become that, a and leader. And that is how you become a leader. That's others will right. follow you in serving others. That's right. And uh, so we just really it's feel like— It's a beautiful like, picture, really, it, yeah. of, of the kingdom of God. I mean, and in its simplest form— Once again, Jesus summed it up, love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that that's the big rub, because if you don't love yourself, how are you going to demonstrate that to your neighbor and how will you serve? And it comes right back to identity and alignment and empowerment and assignment. I mean, it truly does. And it's exciting to see how the anointing uh, flows on servants. It's all all throughout scriptures. I mentioned earlier, there's a when you're saying that, I'm thinking about a scripture uh, Elisha, it says, served Elijah, right? He was yes. Elijah, Eli, served the, the prophet Elijah and received a double portion of, of, of his anointing. And I've always thought this was so powerful. It, the Bible writes years later, there was a king in Israel looking for a prophet. <laughs> yes. right? He said, I need a prophet because I've got to hear God. And uh, he said, go find me a prophet. And so they found Elisha who was actually a prophet because he had received a double portion, actually, of Elijah's mantle. And they asked Elisha, are you a prophet? He said, well, no, but I used to pour water on the hands of a prophet. Yes. And they said, then you have the word of the Lord. And so anytime you can find a servant, you will find somebody that's close to the Lord because that's the way the anointing works. God anoints and blesses servants. And so we just want to encourage you. I really feel like the Lord is talking to us, and we'll go back and revisit this prophecy, but there's something about this year. We're now who you're serving, who and, you're how serving, you're serving. and how you're serving mm-hmm. that, that we that's want to beautiful. go pick back up uh, because uh, this year, 5783 in the Hebraic calendar, the, the decade of pay, the decade of Holy Spirit, the, the year of uh, divine recovery. Mm-hmm. And so there's a key here to how we serve each other and how we serve others uh, in this year of divine recovery. 
And so we're going to pick that back up. Uh, but for now, I think if you could, if you'd like some more uh, information, we write about this attitude of leadership and servanthood in the, in the books and resources that are available, lifeoffreedom.site. You're welcome to look at those resources. But we just want to challenge and encourage you. Just begin to ask the Lord, Lord, how would you want me to serve in the remainder of this Hebraic year, 5783, Divine Recovery? And whom would you want me to serve this year? And see if the Lord doesn't start talking to you about that. Well, and it's already happening. You're you're already leading and you're already serving. And I think if you just stand back and just look at things, I always like flying in an airplane because everything always looks so organized and calm. It's only when you're on the ground in the midst of everything where all the chaos is taking place. But just take a moment and step back and just think about, do a little introspective check about whom you're already serving and whom you're already leading and what relationships you already have where all of this is already taking place because trust me, you're already doing it and you'll know it by the fruit. And I think that it's just always good to do a little self-check and ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? Um, if if I had something that I were going to confess right here, it would be that I'm guilty of not stopping and asking the Lord where he wants me and what he wants me to do. I just jump right in. If I see a need, because we are so resolution-oriented and we are problem solvers, I have long since come to the understanding that I'm not supposed to resolve everything or try to fix everything, but I am trying diligently to be led by the Lord and to hear from him as to where he wants me. And Mm. I think that's an integral part of leading and serving. Where does God want you and who does he want you to be serving? Listen to this Philippians 2. Uh, I believe this is maybe the Amplified. Therefore, if there is any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly is in abundance, If there is any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship that we share in the spirit, if there's any great depth of affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another, knit together in the spirit, intent on one purpose, and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through faith faith in Christ. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, regard others as more important than yourselves. Yep. Do not merely That's look it. out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who, although he exists in the form and unchanging essence of God as one with him, possessing the fullness of the divine attributes, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he had not already possessed it. Right? By assuming the form, but he humbled himself, emptied himself, Without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. After he found the terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And there you have it. That's that's really where you have to live is understanding that. I mean, that comes right back to Revelation twelve eleven, uh, love love God and then overcome 
overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of your testimony and love your life not unto death. Not unto death. Not unto death. That is the whole point right there. So who are we to serve? Everybody. That's right. Because it says. Who's your neighbor? Consider. Everyone. Consider everybody more than you. That's right. Right? Isn't that a powerful uh, scripture? It is. Send that to me. This is Philippians chapter four. Very powerful. I got to go back to that just one more time before we pray. This is very, very powerful. I think do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others, deeming others more important than yourself. I love that. We really believe that there's a radical transformation and reformation happening in the body of Christ. And we believe it's starting with this place of willingly serving others in every aspect of life. And so, Father Beverly and I today just come mm-hmm, to you. We do. Thank you for reminding us of this prophetic word about serving in this year of divine recovery. Father, I just pray for everybody listening and watching. Lord, we're, we just dream a minute. What would it look like if we, the body of Christ, truly humbled ourselves and just simply made our mission just serve others in every aspect at work, at home, marketplace, church, that we just made it our aim to always serve others. Lord, let that mind be in us. Holy Spirit, help us develop and mature in that place of being truly your servants. You said, if anybody wants to follow me, take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow you. Lord, let us get back to that basic call from you lord was if you want to follow me if you want to if you want to live like me then take up your cross and lord follow follow me through serving others lord we just ask you to let that spirit be released in in, in our lives in our community here at Word alive and all in alabama and all the things you've put our hands to and lord let this spirit be released to the body of the body of christ in this season lord just the spirit of servanthood to truly obey your commands and serve others in obedience to you. Lord, we feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit today on this, and we ask you to anoint us all afresh to serve, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kind of landed there in a beautiful moment, didn't we? It was really, it was beautiful. And I love the whole discussion. It was very lively. I like that. Thank you, Beverly. Had a great time today. Yes. Thank you, guys, gals, for listening, watching. And uh, remember, if you'd like to know more about resources, you can go to lifeoffreedom.site. If you know want to know more all, all about our All in Alabama movement, it's allinalabama.org. If you want to know more about Word Alive, it's simply wordalive.org. Thank you so much. Hey, like and share this, if you will. That helps us get this message out to others. Follow us on social media. Uh, Beverly does a great job uh, managing most of our social media. She posts some very powerful content that's so inspiring and encouraging. And so uh, follow us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you and listening and talking in the future. We love you guys. Be blessed.